We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Tuesday, take five, and we're talking about week 11. Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy and the top five quarterbacks, all that and more on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. It's our Tuesday Take Five episode. We are running down some of the notable performances at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And Dave, it just seems like a week where all the bad fantasy teams beat all the good fantasy teams. We were talking about this in the pre-production chat there a little bit. It's like we've had these teams just been crushing and, and main event and uh, yeah, it's a low scoring week for some of those super squads because we're seeing guys like Trevor Lawrence who have been trash all year rising to the top. We're seeing random quarterback pickups like Tommy DeVito finishing his uh, bona fide QB ones. The world is upside down. I hope it, uh, I hope all ships get righted in week 12, but you know, nonetheless, we're going to have to talk about week 11, Dave. Yeah. Well, you know, Thanksgiving is almost upon us and I'm hoping that my fantasy teams will have more to be thankful for in this coming week. Cause you know, the, the, the silver lining here, Curtis, is that we get to talk about some players that I don't think we've had the opportunity to really touch upon that much. So I'm going to hit a drop and then we will start talking about these gentlemen. All right. At quarterback, as you alluded to, uh, we have a couple of, of, of fun names here. Some guys we've not talked about. Technically, Tommy DeVito does not qualify for the Tuesday Take 5, but I think we might uh, make an exception here. So, the number one quarterback on the week was Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Puts up 32.2 PPR. Now, he only passed for 262 yards and two touchdowns. Completed 75% of his passes. But he added two rushing touchdowns on the ground on just 17 yards. This was enough to get Trevor Lawrence to QB1 territory for the week. Again, adding the two rushing touchdowns. And I don't think we've seen many multiple touchdown games from quarterbacks this season. But, uh, you know, when anytime you're doing that, you're very likely to finish towards the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, this was like a a Clemson game for Trevor Lawrence. Four touchdowns, you know, producing through the air, producing on the ground. Uh, You know, he's been 
a pretty big bust. You know, the Jaguars were a offense that a lot of people were projecting to take a step forward. We saw Travis Etienne start the season really hot and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram have been kind of solid producers under the radar. And uh, Calvin Ridley has been, you know, all or nothing kind of seems like all season, but you know, finally Lawrence uh, produces 32.2 PPR. It's, you know, his, I think a lot of his managers are, you know, maybe out of it. Uh, Cause he wasn't really, he wasn't a quarterback that you were drafting at a discount. You were taking him as one of those guys that could take a leap, you know, kind of in the mid single digit rounds, um, you know, but maybe it's a sign of, you know, a, a strong end to the fantasy season um, to come for Lawrence. Uh, the guy after him, Dave has been up here before, and this was like a sterling performance. They've been gushing about him. Uh, and all of the Monday, you know, kind of review shows on the big networks. And it's because he had a perfect quarterback rating yesterday. Brock Purdy, 26.7 PPR. But listen to this line. Completed 84% of his passes. He was 21 of 25 for 333 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, just 201 air yards. You know, a lot of the work being done. Uh, by the receivers, including Brandon Ayuk, who had just an incredible game. But George Kittle was involved. Debo was getting his thing on. Christian McCaffrey uh, had a receiving score as well. So, I mean, the 49ers were really clicking on all cylinders. But, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, he, he's he's more than a game manager uh, or, or, or at least is capable of looking like more than a game manager because when he's on, I mean, the team looks really unstoppable and this is this is the version of the 49ers that really scares you know people in the real NFL playoffs. So to see them playing like this before Thanksgiving probably strikes some fear into the hearts of all the NFC uh, fans from the other divisions. But you know what what are some of the deeper stats on Purdy's line from Week 11? Sure. So uh, Purdy here, the yards per attempt up at 13.3 might be one of the highest weekly totals. That we've seen all year. The next closest passer was Lamar Jackson at 10.2. His pacer here, so that you're essentially like how good you are converting air yards into actual yards, which goes in with that yak that you talked about. We see that 1.657 by and large, the highest of the week. And the other thing that I'll point out here too, is I saw a tweet from uh, my good friend, Matt Friedman this morning, who was talking about how, if you look at quarterbacks throughout the year, and what they've been able to do in producing, you remove the names. Brock Purdy is sitting there, arguably at a better mark than many of the other passers you hear talked about uh, for MVP this year. So, you know, a performance from him that really translated into a lot of fantasy points this week. But as you mentioned, from a real life perspective, Purdy has been very good this year. The other quarterbacks in the top five are guys that have been up here before. Uh, Justin Herbert, he he clocked in with 25.7 PPR. The Chargers managed to fumble away that performance anyway. Lamar Jackson in a, a shocking loss. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm a week behind here. I still have the Browns victory <laughs> over the Ravens <laughs> on the road from last week because it's just uh, – it's it was so good. No, Lamar, Lamar Jackson um, getting it done on Thursday night against the Bengals um, this week in the game where Joe Burrow was lost. 
um, QB4 for the week. Josh Allen actually tied with Tom, Tommy DeVito. So technically, Dave, Tommy DeVito is okay. in the top five. So we can talk We can talk about him uh, and, instead of just uh, teasing him. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, him as we uh, round up the quarterbacks here because, you know, the, the Giants aren't really going anywhere. But, you know, De, DeVito's picked up on some super flex squads, you know, and Dynasty – and, you know, with performances like this, I mean, if you get in a real big jam, I know week 13 has some pretty big quarterback buys coming up. Maybe DeVito will be a streamer. This was a kind of a neat performance by him. Yeah, it was. And we see him complete 18 to 26 passes for a 69% completion rate, actually a 9.5 yards per attempt. One of the higher totals of the week that was on 246 passing yards. He passed for three touchdowns, and in terms of efficiency, that was a passing touchdown here every nine attempts. Again, one of the highest measures on the week. And I think what's notable is his wide receivers had yards after the catch per completion of 4.8, which was not one of the highest rates. So, you know, it's not like his receivers were doing all of the work in this game. Above one in terms of pacer, passed for 244 air yards. Uh, you know, didn't do much as a rusher. I don't think we would necessarily expect him to. But this was a performance that, um, you know, if Daniel Jones had put this together, these were the type of things that some people were hoping he'd be able to do in the beginning of the year. Giants have been a very interesting team. I'm not saying that he's going to continue doing this, but uh, I think there's definitely some viability of, you know, using him as an option going forward. Uh, we've kind of reached that point in the year where some teams are going to need to go after guys like Tommy DeVito. But, uh, you know, great to see the undrafted player of a game like that. Yeah, some of the some of the info that's been out there on just, it, you know, it's a week-to-week game in fantasy, and so you're kind of adjusting, you know, who am I going to get on the waiver wire? Who am I going to stream this week? And And it's not until after the season oftentimes that we're able to take stock of all the stuff that's happened. But there's been like 13 teams that have had their their presumed starting quarterback miss two or more games this season. So that's why you have guys like Tommy DeVito or Aiden O'Connell or Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, starting games this this deep into the season. And I mean, you, you do have to keep track of it because I mean, you, you just can't get sloppy. We're really in the money weeks in fantasy and, you know, keeping track of some of these situations could get you through that tough bye week jam, or maybe there's a player that you just need to give up on that you haven't been willing uh, to give up on. And I'm not saying that DeVito is the necessarily going to be the situation where you would plug a guy uh, in, but it's, it's the, it's the, the thought behind that is, at this point of the season, you should be willing to start anybody over anybody um, if, if the matchup and the situation uh, uh, bear the consideration because there's no going back. There's no more, uh, I can win, you know, three out of the next five or whatever. I mean, we're there. Like the playoff precipice is upon us and every week is just excruciatingly meaningful at this point. So um, you know, you got to take some of these week 11 performances and um, commit them to memory. Other honorable mentions here. We'll just mention the other quarterbacks that did exceed 20 PPR yep. uh, as a nice kind of uh, litmus test there, because then there was a nice little gap uh, into the mid teens. Kyler Murray, uh, once again, solid returning from his knee injury. Uh, Justin Fields um, back in the saddle for the bears with 21.2 
really played pretty well. One of his better performances um, of the season didn't have a ton of production as a passer, um, but you know, he did have 104 rushing yards. This looked a lot more like we, we got accustomed to seeing him do in 2022. And then Jordan love on a little bit of a hot streak now for the Packers with another uh, productive fantasy outing 20.9 PPR there, Dave, uh, do you want to get over to the running back position? Yeah, let's do it. So the first name uh, that we have here, another giant, and that's Saquon Barkley, a player that uh, I'm surprised we have not talked about more. Of course, given some of the the issues in that team, maybe it shouldn't be surprising. Nonetheless, though, Barkley in this game um, plays 50 snaps. That's a 91.1% snap share for New York. Just 14 rushing attempts, but 83 rushing yards, an efficient day at 5.9 yards per attempt, a rush share of 74%, also sees five targets, and this is really where he did his damage, Curtis, uh, completes four of those targets for two touchdowns and 57 yards, accounts for an A dot in this game of 10 an air yard share of 20.5. I think this is one of the things that was notable and kind of interesting about this performance. Also for DeVito is the targets that went to Barkley were actually 50 positive air yards. Uh, whereas for a lot of wow. the running backs in a week, you'll see them down at negative. So 50 is one of the higher totals you're going to see, um, you know, especially on uh, five targets. That's actually, you know, a pretty good rate. Normally you'll see one or two targets downfield, uh, but this is what got Barkley to that level. He's followed by Jalen Warren. And I'm all, I'm sure most of our listeners multiple times yesterday saw the replay of Jalen Warren uh, with a couple of nice, big explosive plays there for Pittsburgh. He puts up a snap share of just 45%, but nine rushing attempts translated into 129 rushing yards Scores a rushing touchdown, had a rushing share, interestingly, of just 34.6%. Also saw three targets, converted all of those, added 16 yards. Uh, and he finishes as the RB2 this week with 23.5. Before I hit on Warren there, uh, I do need to get in a soundbite on Barkley. So Barkley, this was only his third RB1 performance of the season. It's week 11. Now, he did miss a couple games in there. but. He ranked entering the week at RB 123 and fantasy points over expectation. I mean, he's, he's been one of the least efficient running backs um, in the NFL from a fantasy perspective this year. He's, he's had the fifth most expected points per game at the position, mm-hmm. but was uh, ranked just RB 24 and total PPR and RB 10 and PPR per game. Uh, on the season. So, I mean, this type of correction game was probably uh, very much due and he should have more of these performances. I mean, that's the other thing that I don't want to lose with, with maybe just the theme of the giants moving the ball a little bit better, whether it's DeVito or whoever else, you know, that's going to, you know, potentially help, you know, Barkley get into the end zone, which has really been the big missing ingredient. He ranks RB three entering the the week with 17% of his team target share. So, I mean, all of the ingredients have been there for Barkley to be a smash this year. He just hasn't personally been making good on it. So, you know, maybe a chance to finish out the season hot. When you look at our matchup analysis tool or strength of schedule tool, it would, you know, preach a little bit of caution on Barkley because the last month of the season or so all look like 
pretty negative matchups uh, from a fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs perspective. He's facing the Patriots, Packers, Saints, Eagles, and Rams uh, between now and week 17. However, when the Giants really only have Barkley going for him, he's probably pretty, you know, opponent neutral at this point. I mean, you're yeah. starting Barkley who's on yeah. your team. So, I mean, I think there's a case to be made that, that, you know, he can, uh, you know, he can patch together a, a hot final month um, of the season. I don't know if you want to respond to that or if you, if I can get to Warren. Yeah, no, no, you can get to Warren. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. So, you know, I watched I watched all of that game, um, you know, as it as it played out, uh, being a, a Browns fan. You know, I was obviously locked in there. Just really, really crazy matchup. It's just... It's been so rare for my, I mean, this is really my big takeaway. No one is getting big plays on the Browns. No one is getting, I, there was some crazy stat at the beginning of the game. And I wish I had researched it uh, before the episode here. I think they had only allowed something like 13 plays of 10 yards or more all season, like basically barely more than one play per game of 10 yards or more. That is and wild. And Warren to break that, yeah. the way that he did against, I mean, this is a defense that you, they just, they don't give you anything. They just have studs everywhere. So, I mean, Warren really, you know, entering the season, I viewed him as, you know, yeah, okay, I can see the PPR case for him if, if Najee really just kind of keeps doing his plotting thing. But he really is electric. Like he's he's some sort of combination of like it's like Doug Martin meets Austin Eckler uh, or something. He's so compact and so shifty, but he's still powerful. Like it's not just that he's elusive. I mean, he had some plays where he's out there stiff arming people. Like I really think he could be a factor. And this efficiency is fine. Sometimes we have to be careful what we wish for from an efficiency perspective. This is kind of the cautionary tale of Tony Pollard this year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, right now, I mean, Warren, I think Warren's in that must start territory. He's not really even like flex. I think you're kind of looking at him like as an RB two, this is a full fledged committee for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you would expect him to be the more efficient every week, uh, of him and, and Harris. So good on him to have the 23.5 
point outburst, albeit on fairly limited touches. Jameer Gibbs is the RB3 on the week with 21.5 PPR. It's also a week where David Montgomery still got his. So the Lions have also figured out this committee approach thing. But now Gibbs is really starting to heat up, and we've seen him in the top five uh, in a couple weeks here recently. He only had 36.4% of the rushing share uh, this week. He had an 8.36-1 rushing line. But to go with it, he had 18.8% target share in a game where the Lions trailed for most of the game and caught six balls for 59 yards. I mean, that's going to get you home. If you get the rushing touchdown and you're involved as a receiver, that's really all you need to be an RB1. And this week was good enough to be a high-end RB1. Yeah, it certainly was. Finishes with eight yards after the catch per reception. Uh, total of 48 yards after the catch. Uh, an air yard share of just 4.5. But as you mentioned, we're seeing him able to score now on the ground and in the air. And perhaps the most notable thing now about Gibbs is if you look at the evolution of his season, he played from week one to week four, uh, was averaging under 10 points per game. But once we've hit week seven, he has been at 20 points or higher in the four games he has played since that time. So we're really seeing Gibbs emerge. As you mentioned in these games too, Montgomery still has been pretty fantasy viable as well. So they appear to be splitting this backfield just fine, which was from doing the start sit shows a concern of some of our listeners. But I think that we're seeing this Detroit offense propelling both of these guys to solid fantasy performances. So Gibbs is looking, looking like what many people expected when he entered the league. Can you give me a little applause soundbite, please? Uh, I sure can. However, though, I thought that I was done with the, with the sound effects for the show. So if you're listening along, I was going to say, if you're listening along, this would have been a place where you know you could have placed a bet on whether Dave would hit the right button there. Um, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, RB4. Dave, Christian McCaffrey, this was, you know, they, they the 49ers have already had their bye, right? So yep. this is his 10th game. It's week 11. He's been an RB1 in nine of 10 games. Oof. I mean... Nine of ten. You pull up his weekly stat explorer bar chart. It's like one of the prettiest things that we have on the site. And it's just green. The only the only week he wasn't an RB1 was against Cleveland. And, I mean, not a lot of guys get there. Jalen Warren gets there. Not a lot of guys get there against the Brownies. So, I mean, McCaffrey, he, he only has two games under 20 PPR this year. I was just looking at that. That it's is nuts. wild. It's nuts. He's just... He's just so good. I like I, you can talk about his performance this week, but entering this week, and you know, and a lot of this stuff is going to stay the same. Our, I, I mean, here are the categories where he's the RB one overall entering the week: rushing yards, receiving yards, total TD, and and PPR. And he's number two in total opportunities amongst running backs, and second in PPR per game, third in expected points per game. Now, here's where, like, there's the divergence from what's happening, like, with Saquon, Saquon Barkley. I told you Saquon Barkley had a top five expected points per game metric, yep. but he was RB123 in points over expectation. McCaffrey has RB3 level uh, expectation, but he's RB4 in his fantasy points over expectation. Oh so Lord. he has one of the biggest roles, and he's also one of the most efficient players. Like, he's just... You it's, can, it's great. It's greatness. It's, it's all, all that can explain it is greatness. He's, he's two players basically right on a given week. You're getting 
what would be the production of a guy that is, you know, just the runner on a team normally, and you're getting the production of the guy that might be the receiving back all into one player consistently every week on one of the best teams in the league. It's just bananas. Yeah. Just in terms of highlighting some things uh, for the 49ers, you know, he had 20% target share this week, which is right in line with his uh, season to date average. He had a 525-1 uh, receiving line. Uh, just eight air yards didn't matter because one of those targets was right in near the goal line. And that's what he, you know, put into the end zone. And from a rushing perspective, he was at a 21, uh, 21 carry 78 yard performance, you know, under four yards per carry this week. But this was a game where the 49ers led uh, pretty big and they were in the driver's seat for essentially the entire game. And he didn't get phased out. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the box scores as Sunday's marching on, wondering if McCaffrey's going to stop, you know, early in the third quarter. No, he's just still out there. They're just doing their thing on offense. Nobody else is really all that involved. Uh, that That's the other thing that you got to love here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so just McCaffrey, you know, insane. Now he was followed this week in our leaderboard here by Joe Mixon with 21 points. Now Mixon, a player that's normally good for a couple of blow-up spots every season. This was his best performance of the year. Not quite as impressive as some that we've seen from him. Nonetheless, though, he goes with 21 PPR, has a snap share of 64%, takes 16 rushing attempts for 4.3 yards per carry. That's 69 yards um, on the ground. Also goes 5 for 5 in targets. Scores a touchdown on one of those and adds 31 yards uh, back on that Thursday nighter, which already feels like it was months ago uh, to round out our top five. Gus Edwards, um, 10 rushing touchdowns this year. Dave has 10 rushing touchdowns this year. He was the RB six on the week. And, you know, it was in that game with Mixon I wonder if you could guess where Gus Edwards ranks amongst um, running backs and rushing touchdowns uh, this season. He's got to be towards the top. I think he might be second. second, second. So this is just a little fun trivia as we finish up the running back position. So McCaffrey is third with nine. Okay. Gus Edwards is second with 10. Can you guess who's number one? Number one in rushing touchdowns. Oh, is it David Montgomery still? No, he's number four. He's got eight. He missed all. He missed those games. Right, right. Uh, um, I feel like such an idiot. He, when he's in the age it. thirty plus club. Is it Derrick Henry still? No, it's no. Not Henry. Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, NFL's upside down sometimes, but yeah, good good stuff there on the running backs. Um, James Cook. It was nice to see him still be involved after he had kind of a rough uh, week 10 outing for the bills. They look committed to still using him with the changeover in offensive coordinator uh, scheme there. Brian Robinson with another pretty big game. He's on a little bit of a heater over the past month and uh, you know, really actually quite a few running backs over the 18 point um, mark in PPR this week. Pretty good week for running backs, all things considered. Most of those weeks came from guys that would have been in lineups, not really any big surprises there. As we go to the wide receiver position, we haven't heard from this guy in a while, but you know, Calvin Ridley leading the way with a 31.1 PPR outburst. 
He's followed by Tyreek Hill at 30.6, Tank Dell at 28.9, Keenan Allen at 27.6, and Brandon Ayuk at 26.6. Of course, we've got the Chiefs and Eagles going on right now as we record. Uh, Will be interesting to see if anybody can bump into that top five. I think it makes sense to look a little bit at Ridley and perhaps Tank Dell of this list. We've talked plenty about Hill and Allen. I mean, they're basically in here all the time. And, you know, Ayuk is no stranger to the top five uh, this year either. So anything you want to break down on Ridley or Dell? Sure. So Ridley, uh, as you may have mentioned, finishes with 31.1 PPR, a second highest EPA um, of the week, just following behind DJ Moore. 57 snaps, an 80% snap rate. Also had one rushing attempt for 18 yards, uh, which we always like to see. Nine targets, though, a target share of 29. Completes seven of those, or I should say catches seven for a reception percentage of 77.8. 103 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Notable here is the 36.2% air yard share, uh, which was 110 yards of um, air yards in this game. Just 2.1 yards after the catch per reception. Of course, some of that is driven by the fact that he had the two uh, receiving touchdowns in a dot of 12.2, which is pretty solid. Um, I think what you're seeing here largely is a scenario where he and Christian Kirk have been kind of able to trade off. It's been interesting that we have not seen many games where they're both kind of hitting, uh, you know, or like both finishing top 24 in a given week. So there's been some alternating back and forth, uh, but overall for Ridley, you know, in this first season back from some time off, uh, nice to see a game like this. What's going to be really fun is tomorrow when our game splits app is fully updated for this week's game, we'll be able to pull the Calvin Ridley with it out with and without Zay Jones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This year, because uh, the napkin math here is that, Calvin Ridley in games with Zay Jones has 22 catches for 326 yards and three touchdowns this year. That's just three games. Okay. In the seven games without Zay Jones, he only has 20 catches for 248 yards and one touchdown. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's by far been more effective with Zay Jones. And so you have to think, you know, I'm sure we'll get breakdown from like the film guys uh, and maybe people like Matt Harmon and Re- reception perception and, you know, some other, you know, friends of the site where the, the way the offense runs when they've got that third wide receiver target, maybe the types of routes that really is running or the types of attention he's getting from defense, et cetera, just looks a little bit different because it can't be a coincidence. I mean, this is a three game sample versus a seven without him. And uh, so I think that's another thing to, to look at. You know, potentially if the, the team is able to trot three healthy wide receivers out there, could really be a little bit more of a key player down the stretch. Um, so, yeah, it would be fun to pull that officially from the Game Splits app on rotaviz.com tomorrow. Tank Dell just continues his toward pace, man. I, he's been the most valuable uh, fantasy rookie wide receiver this year at this point. I mean... Looks really good, Dave. Like, he just looks really good. This is an exciting connection with C.J. Stroud. Uh, Tell us uh, about his performance in Week 11. Yeah, so he gets 10 targets, which is target share of 26.3. Catches eight of those passes, goes for 149 yards. Now, he saw 159 air yards. That was the highest total of the week. 
his air yards have been crazy, man. Um, yeah. Not just from a total, but also from a per target basis, they've been really strong this year. And that's an air yard share of 43%, also adding 17 yards after the catch. You know, a lot of big plays with him and Stroud. They've been really in sync. Um, able to finish this game with, though, just 2.1 yards after the catch, but an A dot of 15.9, eight first downs. Contributing here from a fantasy perspective, from a real life perspective, given that connection with Stroud and the trajectory that Stroud and Houston is on, I really think Dell is going to be a name that's going to be in this year, you know, this top five next season, maybe a couple of seasons after, which. Yeah. I think is out of left field for a lot of people for a receiver of his size and his background. His, his skills just so far up there. I mean, he, he's so good at avoiding big hits, which is so critical given his diminutive stature, but it's like the separation that he gets after he plants that foot in a break. I mean, and, and just like the smoothness to it as well. Like there's some guys that, you know, Tyreek Hill can just look so violent um, when he's getting open. I mean, this is smoother. It's almost like watching Antonio Brown. Like on some of these deep outbreaking routes, it's like there's just no way that you're going to guard it. <laughs> if if he's actually in sync uh, with the quarterback, it's just not guardable. So, man, he – yeah, this is this has been pretty special. I mean, if he's not careful, he's going to play as – I guess probably if it wasn't for Stroud, he'd be looking at offensive rookie of the year type uh honors um it's kind of t kind of difficult to separate the two of them their yeah. success is obviously tied to one another but man the texans hit the jackpot on on this duo this year um is there anybody that fell outside the top five that you feel is worth mentioning or do we want oh, to yeah. hit the, the no, no, no. i i won't run through the stats but it's just fun because he was a player that we talked a lot about getting out of the back end of rosters and now, we're, now, now we see it paying it, off is it, is it ks is it ks <laughs> yes. it would be yes. khalil shakir <laughs> Okay. Finishing with a 20.5 PPR performance, we've seen him, uh, you know, become a larger part of that Buffalo offense uh, as we've trended towards the back end of the year. But we can now transition over to tight end. It Tight end was an abomination this week. Um, tight end was basically have George Kittle or just punt the week. Um, George Kittle, the only tight end uh, barring, you know, maybe an outburst from Travis Kelsey in Monday Night Football here. Uh, George Kittle, the only tight end over 15 PPR. Of course, he had one of his better games of the season with 22.9 PPR. We have talked a little bit more about Kittle uh, in recent weeks. Um, this is a different type of game. We talked about him last week, and he had like a three-reception game, but still managed to find his way into the top. This week was more involved, had nine targets, eight receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown, and 25.9% uh, air yard share. You know, this was, you know, he had a nice uh, end zone uh, target uh, there in the game as well. This was what you want out of George Kittle. It wasn't overly reliant on efficiency, though he wasn't necessarily inefficient. Out of the remaining top five tight ends, I mean, two of them are on the fantasy radar. Two of them are just, I mean, who? Basically, you know, you got Stone Josh Smart Oliver. with two T's. <laughs> yes, you got Josh Oliver at tight end two. Uh, he's the other man uh, behind TJ Hawkinson in Minnesota. David Njoku, obviously, like not an unknown, but he didn't really do anything special. I mean, it was a 12.6 PPR day. I will say this. Whatever the official drop 
stat on David and Joku was for this week, guaranteed they couldn't possibly have added up all of the drops that he had in this game. I mean, I don't think you could count them on one hand, Dave. Just like my recollection of this game, just time and time and time and time again, he's looking to make it into a big play and just forgets to bring the ball with them. Like I, I, I will be interested to see what the final drop passes stat is on him. But I think I'm putting the over, I'll put the over under at four and a half having watched that game. I mean, it was a lot of drops. So let me ask you this because I did not see much of uh, Cleveland when they had the ball this week. How was the quarterback play? Um, I mean, you can tell that, you know, the offense is a little bit limited. Uh, DTR is playing maybe with a little bit more spunk than, than polish. Mm-hmm. That being said, he wasn't afraid to make big throws. He was out of sync more out of sync with Amari Cooper, which makes sense. He's running a more complex route tree has been, you know, uh, one of the the deeper targets. He was definitely more comfortable targeting Njoku um, and closer to the line of scrimmage. And Elijah Moore got a little bit more um, attention than normal. Dave, Dave Njoku had 15 targets this week. Wow. So, so, and he only caught seven of them. Um, So I do think, I will say this. I mean, you know, barring, you know, Joe Flacco or somebody else coming in here and, and taking the reins of this job. I mean, the the Browns managed to get a, a really tough win against a, you know, a lucky Steelers team so far this year, this week. But they also beat the Ravens, you know, the week before. And the Bengals aren't going to have De- uh, Joe Burrow moving forward. It, it, you know, maybe DTR can get in there and, and win some games like some of the other rookie quarterbacks that have been out there. If he stays at the helm, I think Njoku's a must start given how frequently he was targeted. Yeah. Like this, we, we can't, we can't discount that the offense is going to change drastically going from Deshaun Watson to a rookie who doesn't know much about, you know, this offense yet. He clearly, clearly was favoring Njoku. Uh, first, first read and bailout read for sure all day long. Now stone smart with two T's. You mentioned he's the, he's the tight end four with a one catch, Dave. <laughs> one catch for 51 yards and a touchdown. He made it count. Got a One it. catch with three targets. Dalton Schultz, uh, just slightly outdone. He's the tight end five on two catches, uh, two for 32 and a touchdown. Um, it's probably more relevant to talk about Dalton Kincaid. He had seven more targets uh, this week, really in that chain moving role for the Bills now with the 646 line. Uh, Luke uh, Schoonmaker for the Cowboys did outproduce Jake Ferguson uh, this week. He gets the touchdown. Um, maybe that uh, offense could be a little bit more frustrating to project. Um, this is the second week in a row where uh, Scooney was uh, targeted in toward the end zone just the week before. It didn't work out. He got tackled in um, like at the two yard line or something like that. So if he becomes that, that end zone target, red zone target, no, that's going to take a little bit away from what, what Ferguson had been um, doing. Sure. Uh, beyond that, there's just not a lot to talk about at tight end. I mean, you can pull a name out if you want. It's just a boring week for the position. I honestly don't have anything. And, you know, of course, unfortunately, with my boy Dawson Knox uh, on injured reserve right now, I can't even go looking for him. Kate Auden does score fairly high. Well, nah, I mean, just 8.9, but an ugly week. Nothing. I have nothing left to say about tight ends. Okay, we'll just do a quick check-in on... We'll do a Kelsey Heat check before we log off here uh, because, you know, it wouldn't have taken much for him to get in here. We're in the third quarter of the game as we're recording here. 
Um, and I'm taking a look. He did score a touchdown okay. uh, at the end of the, the second quarter. I got to find his actual box score. This is just riveting. It is, podcast. but I think essentially um, with like three for, okay, three catches, 19 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be right there on the line. I think we've got to get, we've got to get, you know, maybe one more catch for like six yards or something yep. like that. That should be enough to propel him uh, to the top five. I'm pretty confident he, he should be able to do that between now and the end of the game. All right. Good deal. All right. Well, we will be back now. This week's schedule is a little bit up in the air. Dave and I have actually not talked about how we're going to handle the week. It is a Thanksgiving week. So, you know, we do hope all of you listeners have a chance to connect with friends, family, uh, and other loved ones um, this week to, uh, you know, give thanks for the good things that are happening in your life. It's always a uh, interesting time, kind of the beginning of that uh, holiday season where, you know, people have some time to be sentimental and, you know, uh, re reflect on the year uh, that's gone by uh, to date. So it's also a great day for football and good food. I don't know what recording looks like, Dave. I mean, start sit is obviously going to be important. We may have to figure out a way to do it uh, beforehand, or we may even have to do, you know, some sort of Q and a yeah. on X rather than recording a pod. Cause we're obviously going to both be yeah. with our families on that day. Um, so stay tuned, you know, we'll be sure to uh, make a note about that uh, from our accounts on X and, uh, you know, beyond that, I think that's about it for today's episode, Dave. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.